I want to live again. Please, let me live again. Please, George, from the bridge where he had once considered taking his own life. After receiving the gift of seeing what the world would have been like had he never been born, George will now do anything to have his life back the way he knew it. In the film, after George makes this plea, when his despair seems to be at its zenith, you can see a slight shift in the winds and the snow seems to start falling a little bit more intensely, yet gently. And then the police car rolls up. After all he went through, George's first instinct is to get defensive, threatening to hit the officer that was once a friend, yet in the midst of his nightmare became a stranger. George doesn't even realize at first that his old friend, Officer Bert, is now calling his name. George, George, are you all right? And just before he swings his fist, George finally hears it, his name being called, someone calling out to him in his moment of need. Bert, you know me? exclaims George. And as Bert is confirming this fact, he points out to George that his lip is bleeding, slowly bringing George back to his reality. And George can't help but laugh as he sees the blood on the tips of his fingers. And it dawns on him, perhaps this nightmare is over, but he still needs more proof. So he digs deep into the watch pocket of his pants to find exactly what he had been looking for. Zuzu's petals. And George is off to the races. George has fully opened the gift that Clarence gave him, a glimpse into a world without George Bailey, and nothing, nothing will keep him from expressing this newfound joy he has in spite of his difficulties that he still has to face. If our movie clip had kept rolling, you next would have seen George, beyond excited, to find his car crashed into a neighbor's tree and undrivable, to which George shouts out an excited, yay! And then a very famous scene from cinematic history unfolds with George Bailey running through the snowy streets of Bedford Falls, wishing everyone and everything a very Merry Christmas. He even stops and bangs on the window of Mr. Potter's office and yells Merry Christmas to him as well. Finally, George makes it home, bursting through the front door, only to be greeted by the bank examiner, who is still looking for that $8,000 from the building and loan, and a detective there with a warrant for his arrest because George's business has defaulted on all their loans. George greets both of them like a man without a care in the world and is happy to have guests in his home. As the detective pulls a piece of paper from his pocket to try and give it to George, George exclaims, that's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going to jail. <laughs> he even exclaims how much he loves the drafty old house, the drafty old house about which he frequently complained. Next, his kids yell down to him from upstairs and George charges up the stairs towards them, once again grabbing the knob on the banister, it coming off in his hands like it always does. And what does he do? 
He kisses the knob over and over again as he puts it back into place. George's anger is gone. His frustration is gone. His despair is gone. George celebrates, even with the knowledge that nothing in his life has changed other than his understanding of the true gift that life really is. George now has a greater appreciation for the struggles and the adversities and the hardships of life for the broken banisters and now counts them all as blessings. Perhaps his business is still in ruins, but his life is not. For all he knows, he's still going to jail. Yet he found reason to rejoice in the little things. And it all began with George's plea, I want to live again. Please, let me live again. What would that look like for all of us if in our own lives we each say, I want to live again. Please, let me live again. What shift would need to happen for each of us to fully embrace the true joys of life in spite of our circumstances? What understanding do we each need to get to this place where George found himself after receiving the gift he did from Clarence? What would it take for each of us to live again and to truly appreciate the blessings of the broken banisters and the wilted flower petals in our lives? Thankfully, God has already been at work in each of our lives and in all of humanity and has been doing so since the dawn of time. God is constantly working on our behalves to give us peace and hope and a future. However, we have to do our parts as well and recognize his countless blessings that are constantly before us. And when those days come, those difficulties, those struggles, when we pass through those waters like the prophet Isaiah writes, God assures us that he will be with us. And that, after all, is the whole reason behind Christmas. When God came and dwelled among us, when he sent his son, Emmanuel, God with us, so that we would always have reason to celebrate and rejoice simply because of this. He never promised us an easy life, but he did promise us his constant presence and a gift that is so remarkable, so genuine, so life-altering and so life-giving that when we fully receive it, we can rejoice at all times, knowing that we are loved, cherished, and redeemed. I have thoroughly enjoyed taking this journey through this classic movie over the past number of weeks and have found myself even more taken with this plot than I have ever been in the past. I have loved all the lessons all throughout the film that can inform our lives as Christians on how to love others well, how to build community and to recognize God at work in our lives through the midst of adversity and struggle. And I am especially taken with the character of George Bailey and the reminder that the difference one life can make is incalculable. And my friends, if the difference one human life can make is incalculable, then the difference the life Jesus made is not only incalculable, it is incomprehensible. This 
is why we celebrate Christmas. To celebrate a life that made it possible for us to celebrate our life. To acknowledge a gift that gives us reason to rejoice in spite of all adversity. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is why it is so vitally important to acknowledge the altering of the cosmos by the birth of a little child. A little child who would tear down the walls of death and build up the blessings of life. To celebrate a little child who would erase the consequences of hell and shatter the limits on love. This is why we celebrate Christmas, to remind us that we all are redeemed, broken banisters and all. Amen.